Welcome to the Shift Podcast, the podcast assisting athletes through successful transition in sport as well as in life. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Van Horn and former pro soccer player, Wells Thompson. Today on the Shift Podcast, we have Omobi Akugo, a professional soccer player and the founder of the financial literacy company, A Frugal Athlete. A Frugal Athlete highlights the prudent financial decision-making of athletes across all sports, as well as provides a resource to all athletes and those interested in living a life well-spent. As a professional, Omobi, he was drafted as after his freshman year at UCLA into Major League Soccer as a part of the 2010 Generation Adidas class. He has amassed over 200 appearances in all competitions professionally and has been honored to represent the United States national team programs at the various youth levels, culminating in the 2012 Olympic squad. Omobi was born in Haywood, California to Nigerian immigrants and is the oldest of four siblings. He holds a master's degree in sports law as well as his bachelor's degree in organizational leadership and development. We are excited to have Omobi joining us today on the Shift Podcast. All right, welcome. My name is Jonathan Van Horn, and welcome to the Shift Podcast. We are excited today. Wells Thompson and I are excited today to have Amobi Akugo on with us, uh, just talking about life, football, uh, finances, all sorts of stuff, entrepreneurship, and we're excited about the opportunity to connect with him, hear a little bit of his story, our stories have power, and realize the, the reality that there's a few things in life that are consistent, and change is one of them. But the question is, how do you navigate change? How do you navigate transitions that we experience as athletes and experience in life? Wells, how are you doing today? I do great, man. Awesome to have Amobi on the show. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely excited about having him here. And first, so, guest, first guest, first guest. First <laughs> guest, that's right. This is, this is Amobi, this is right, episode number two. Wow, y'all surprised me with this one. Yes, yeah, yeah. episode number two. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, you're our first guest. You know, uh, our first uh, in the first podcast, we uh, we had Wells share a little bit of his story and his background. And so he'll share a little bit of that today as well as as we're chatting here and a little bit from from you. Uh, but yeah, he was our first uh, guest, even though he's the co-host. So we're just we're just getting started. So, uh, but yeah, so Amobi, we'd love Perfect. to hear well, a little pleasure bit. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, we'd love to hear a little bit about uh, just share a little bit about your bio, like what growing up, where you're from. What was some of the childhood luck like uh, growing up? What were some maybe some transitions or things that you experienced uh, as a kid and pursuing uh, football, pursuing playing, playing at the top level? Perfect. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Quick bio, try to keep it as short and uh, detailed as possible. Uh, first generation Nigerian American, uh, grew up in California, um, played soccer and basketball growing up until soccer kind of took over. Um, it was in high school after my freshman year, I got invited to the uh, U-17 residency program in Florida, uh, basically boarding school where we use IMG Academy, play every day, go to school every day, travel or compete on the weekends, uh, ultimately to compete for the U-17 World Cup. After my cycle there, came back to Sacramento to finish my high school senior season. Then from there, went to UCLA, played soccer there. Fortunately, we, have, we had a good team. Uh, we lost to Wells' Wake Forest squad, even though he wasn't there at the time. And then uh, went pro after that. So been pro for about 10 years. Um, yeah, been uh, in and out of different teams. Played for a total of how many teams now? Philly, Orlando, Kansas City, Portland. Uh, was a free agent for a year. And then now the most recently with Austin Bold or USL. So um, that's been keeping me busy. Uh, outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in growing um, entrepreneur. I've got a lot of entrepreneurship 
uh, entrepreneurial ventures, uh, a full athlete, one of them, and then continue my schooling and stuff like that. Yeah, nice, nice. So uh, right now we're in the middle of uh, the coronavirus and we've been quarantined, stay at home orders, uh, that kind of stuff that's going on right now. What's, what's been like the routine for the last, you know, six, six, eight weeks? What's been like, uh, you'll say new normal, but that's what we're experiencing basically every day is a new normal. So what's been some of the routine things that you've been doing over the last six, eight weeks? Yeah, it's been uh, quite an adjustment, but um, like you mentioned routine, and I think that's what's helped me during this uh, COVID-19 situation. So in the morning, wake up, I work out with my brothers. Um, I was fortunate to get back to Sacramento before you know, the whole COVID-19 situation kind of took a rise. So I work out in the morning with my brothers. After that, you know, either have a big breakfast or a lunch. And then, then the rest of the day is working, you know, working on a full athlete, working on different projects, connecting. Um, and then after that, you read a little bit um, and then go to sleep and do it all over again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it kind of gets repetitive, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, you know, it's fun to be with my brothers. And get that quality timing. Are you guys training six feet apart? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna get in trouble now. We're not training six feet apart. <laughs> we'll just go with the yes. We'll go with the yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll just go with the yes. Yeah. yeah. What is uh? What's something? What's something like you know? This is you know. Change is again. It's one of those things that's guaranteed in life, but also comes up more often than not unexpectedly. And it's how you navigate those transitions, those changes in our lives. What's something that you've been, that's been a highlight for you? Just being at home, uh, seeing brothers, training with your brothers again, uh, like it was maybe years ago. What's, what's it been like just with that at home with your folks and just family and all that kind of stuff? What's been, what's been a highlight for you for that? Yeah, I think just the family time. This is like probably the longest where we all were together at one time. Um, my sister, she had to go back to Southern California, um, but she's coming back up. In, in, a, in like a week or so but like for us to all be together at one time and not have to be back and like oh I got to go here my sister got to go there my brother has to go here but like we're all in the home together so we're like hanging out telling stories working out together watching movies together game night all that type of stuff where you know we can kind of just like sit in the moment and use this reset as a time to just get closer that's something that I've been valuing um, during this COVID-19. So one of the things that uh, that you mentioned a few times already is a frugal athlete. So can you just share a little bit? Because obviously you're still playing professionally, but you got this this sort of this this I want to say side hustle because it's you've been doing it for a few years now. But where did a frugal athlete come from? Can you explain a little bit about it and how you got that started? Like what was the idea and and the execution of, of that to where you are today? No, thanks. So a frugal athlete is essentially like an online media platform that promotes. Uh, prudent financial practices and smart career decisions amongst professional athletes and student athletes. Um, I kind of started after I saw the 30 for 30 broke documentary. And really I was just like, you know what? We play soccer in the States while we're getting, you know, compensated pretty well. It's nowhere near the level of, you know, NFL, NBA guys who are in this documentary, like losing all their money. So that kind of like led me to like try to look for athletes that I could kind of use as role models and as I did research, I found like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, Tom Brady, you know, guys that were like anomalies. Um, so I did more research and then I found athletes that kind of lost it all. And while it's like cool to learn from like their mistakes, I wanted to learn from people that, you know, were positive examples, like doing the right things. Uh, so really just, you know, one day decided to make a blog and like kind of um, selfishly do my own research and like talk about it. And then from there, 
kind of built it out to like this side hustle business platform. And uh, it's, it's been going well, trying to keep it growing. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break uh, the schedule here, protocol here. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I've heard you hit on a lot is, um, without even directly saying it, is utilizing your time well. I've got three uh, young kids and a full-time job. And I, I was talking to my wife the other day, and I was like, babe, what did we do when we were in Colorado without kids? Like, you know, we just don't even remember what we did because as a pro athlete, obviously rest is part of part of the game, right? So you got to make sure you're getting the rest. But, um, you know, I mean, you're not spending all day at the office, so to speak. So have you always kind of had this sense of, hey, I'm going to make the most of my time and I'm going to try to diversify who I am as a, as a person uh, to focus on other things outside of the sport? Um, how did you kind of get into that? Oh, that's a great question. It was like, yes and no. Um, fortunately, cause I left school after my freshman year, I was kind of forced to do it because I, I continued like doing school, um, when I went pro, like that was the promise I made to my parents. So, you know, after practice, instead of going home and like watching Netflix or playing video games, I would just like do schoolwork. So it was kind of like forced. Um, but then like when I was done, because I only took it like two classes per semester, uh, fall, spring, summer. Um, and then when I eventually graduated, I was like, okay, what do I do? Um, so that was kind of like, it was tough to like, I can't even remember like what I did with my time when I didn't have school. And then fortunately, um, once I started a frugal athlete and I figured out there's different ways to make use of my time, I was able to kind of stay active and you know keep my mind engaged outside of the soccer field. Bro, good for you for, first of all, graduating and also not going home just to play or watch Netflix <laughs> video games. Uh, thank you. And I'm like a big TV watcher, too. So it's like, yeah, it's just like maximizing, like you said, your time management and discipline. Yeah. So are there any like like tricks or little things that uh, that helped you in that process? Because obviously people talk about time management, being disciplined with your time. You're like, oh, yeah, I got that. But are there any like any things that you've used that have been really helpful for you to really be intentional to block out time or anything like that to, to make the most of, of each of your days? So one of my biggest things is like always writing stuff down. So like I'm a big like list. So like I write it down. If the, the feeling of crossing something off your list is just, I, I don't know. Like it's I have good, like, man. like this, yeah, he's like, I just have post-it notes all over. I like writing. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm, I'm weird like that. So uh, one of my biggest things that has helped me is like writing it down, like writing mm -hmm. a list. Um, so for example, uh, tomorrow is going to be Wednesday. Uh, what do I have to do? Like eight things I have to do. Obviously I write like the three most important things in a separate section and then like the rest and then just writing it down. And then that day I know, okay, if worst comes to worst, as long as I finish these three things, it's a good day. If I have more time and I finish the other ones and that list of crossing them out, moving it up, crossing them out, moving it up, um, that's been the biggest, you know, help for me. You get that. There's, there's something that's, uh, that's invigorating or beneficial when you get to cross that or check that box. There's just something about that that just seems simple, but it's like, man, that felt good. Like, I accomplished that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. You get a little kick of dopamine or something. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, what's looking just in, in light of all that's, that's happening now, uh, the reality that you're not playing. Seasons have been suspended because of coronavirus. Uh, things have been shifting and changing uh, just in, in your world. You're still having to train. There's still not fixed dates yet as far as when you will start back. I'm just still working through that kind of stuff. 
What's been some of the things that have uh, spurred you on or continue to give you the motivation to keep going? Because that's, you know, in transition times, it's hard. Like when you're not really sure, especially on the back end, uh, what, what the result or what's going to happen is still unknown. So what have you used to really keep you motivated, keep you going, uh, your why or purpose and meeting? What's been those things that have allowed you to continue to, to stay motivated, to keep that, keep that edge uh, at the forefront? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because it's been tough, like, especially the not knowing factor. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, we could have, like, we could have took a week off or uh, two weeks off in terms of, like, working out every day with my brothers because it's like, why am I working out if I, I mean, we might not have the season or we might not have to come back. So the motivation of, like, always being ready or preparing, you know, being proactive so that, okay, say we have to come back, I don't want to be the one that's reactive. And I think for me, um, throughout my life, I've been more proactive than reactive. And whenever I was proactive, you know, I, I hit the situation uh, ahead, like with the head start. So I just always want to give myself the best chance to have a head start, uh, whether it's with soccer, whether it's with uh, my career, uh, whether it's with like family relationships and stuff like that. So um, in terms of my why, it's like, I know that, you know, sticking to a routine, being proactive will help me get closer to my why and be more prepared for when another set of adversity hits. So I understand like, all right, the task at hand ahead of me, uh, let me not like lose focus because um, of a situation that is um, not only affecting everybody, but that gives a situation that's allowing us to kind of just rest. Like there's no rest period. That's that, that's the mindset to trying to have. That's good. That's good. What's been, uh, you know, I think one of the things that's been interesting and I've been uh, happy for this because I've been working with athletes for, for 13 years. Wells was one of the guys that I worked with when he was still playing professionally. We've been, had a good friendship uh, since we first uh, met each other. One of the things that we've, we've talked a lot and talked often about is the idea of mental health. So can you just sort of walk us through some of the, uh, uh, sort of the, the ex, what you're experiencing from a mental health standpoint, sort of the mental uh, just hurdles and fortitude in the midst of what's happening, but also address uh, some of the positive movements forward. It's been almost like a swell, a wave, it's a swell of a wave that's been coming up as far as uh, recognizing and really addressing mental health within pro athletes. So can you just share a little bit about how that's been for you, that mental and that mindset uh, in the current reality, but then also uh, people are being to address mental health and the positive of addressing that, that issue within sport. Yeah, it's been great to see, like, you know, the emphasis on mental health over the, you know, last couple of years uh, from the athletic space. I think with this reset, it's allowed athletes to kind of just take a moment to take a breath. I, and I know Wells could speak to this, you know, as athletes, the grind of a season year after year, especially when you're at an elite level, is just taxing. So this opportunity, while it's not like the, under the best circumstances, to just reset your mind, like just recalibrate, understand, like maybe I just need this time to just, you know, chill, you know, be with my family, uh, get lost in my thoughts and not focus on, ooh, we got to win this next game or what am I going to do when the season's over? Like, oh, my contract's running out. Like all that stuff, everyone's like just rest. Um, I think that's really important. Um, but, you know, as athletes, we just put so much pressure on ourselves. So it's important to understand that uh, from a mental capacity, we can only take so much. So uh, putting an emphasis on your mental space, your mental awareness, your mental health um, will help you on the field. You know, when you have a good mental 
you know, capacity when you have a, when you're good and in here, it, you just perform better. It's, I don't, I'm not sure about the science behind it. I just, I'm willing to bet my house on it though. There's something about, like I said, that when you're, when the mental state, when you're healthy there and you're clear, you're focused, it allows it attunes with your body. And when your body physically is aligned emotionally and mentally, the output, the performance exponentially increases. That's, that's so true. Oh, what is, what is something from, you know, from my identity standpoint, there's this, there's this movement forward as far as you are, what you do. You know, I think one of the things that's been interesting, uh, with, with sport is that the, the, the rise of data analytics within sport has really put athletes under a microscope. And there's really, there's just emphasis criticizing and also there's, there's, there's benefit, there's positive to it as well because athletes are getting stronger, faster, uh, their reaction time, everything's just speeding up. And so uh, as a result of that, you know, the game's getting better as well. Uh, so with that said, uh, athletes then are also critiqued at a higher level. There's a higher standard of play. And so a lot of times your identity and who you are, the answering that question of who you are, really begins to be defined by that performance. So as, as a pro athlete, uh, how, how do you define yourself in light of all the, the move of data, data analytics and the being, being critiqued at a higher level, maybe the naysayers as well? How do you, how do you see yourself uh, and, and as an athlete in your identity? Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question because you know, everyone talks about like the the uh, implementation of data and how it's affecting sports. Uh, I, for one, think you know it's like the eye test versus data. So you know, you have a soccer player that may not be like running the most or like has the most sprints or tackles, but their influence on the game, if you watch it, is greater than you know any data can read. So understanding that you're, there's more to you than just the analytic aspect is important. Um, not only from an athlete perspective, but for, you know, the coaches and people that are watching the games. Um, and I, I think it just goes back to, you know, off the field as well. Like you can look at somebody, see how they act in a certain situation and like make all these assumptions. But then when you get to know them, um, they're a completely different person. So that's, that's like my take when it comes to analytics, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, if you if you didn't watch the game and you saw their analytics, you'd be like, oh, maybe he had a good game. But then you could watch it, and he's like, actually, he didn't really, you know, have an impact to, you know, his position or to his team or vice versa. You know, you feel like the analytics may not be good, but um, his impact on the game was actually really strong. So uh, it's interesting to, you know, not get it so caught up in the numbers uh, because, you know, they're actually, they're actually factual data points, but you have to take in – to account everything else. And I think that's uh, not only on the field, but in life and with other things as well. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I told Jonathan this um, recently, but um, I'm, I was a one trick pony, right? And so it was soccer. And so I, <laughs> I rode that pony as long as I could and uh, it died and I tried to revive it several times and it wouldn't get up. And uh, I say that kind of sarcastically, right? But like when I retired, it was um, it was very difficult for me because my my identity was completely in the sport, right? So I mean, right. since I was four years old, right? I was a pretty good soccer player, and and uh, uh, everywhere I went, it was kind of like hey, it's Wells Thompson, a soccer player. So you know, and most pro athletes don't retire on their own terms, and and I certainly so. Um, when I was forced to face life without the probably one constant that had been in my life the longest, 
I really, really struggled. Um, you know, it sounds like you're doing prep, you're doing the work and, and, and preparing for that time. Um, I guess there's a bunch of questions in this one question here, but um, I think in order to prepare well for life after sport, you have to do it while you're playing. And so one, um, do you allow your, your mind to kind of go there? And is that healthy for you to think about life after sport? Because I think there's somewhat of a myth that like, if you don't focus fully in your sport, um, then you're going to drop the ball somewhere. Um, and then two, like, um, do you encourage um, your teammates or other athletes to do that, um, to explore avenues? And uh, just kind of what's your, what's your mindset around that? Like, uh, you know, for, for me, one of the things that's been powerful to see in your life is, is your, um, your emphasis on life outside of sport, right? And then you look at, like, LeBron James and more than an athlete. And so, like, I know without a doubt that I'm more than an athlete. Um, so there's a lot of questions in there. So I'll let no, you no, kind of freedom to go wherever you want, man. That's a good thing because I think it's tough. Like it's like a double-edged sword because as an athlete, you have to perform on the field to stay on the field. I mean, you played over, you played above the average uh, years for a soccer player. I've both, I've played above the average years of a soccer player. So we do have to put our emphasis and priority into the sport. But while at the same time, the sport can end at any moment. So it's like, you have to like also look behind and see like, just in case, like, it doesn't work out. Like, am I going to be prepared? And I think for me, I was able to kind of get a taste of it because um, I had to be a free agent for a year. Like no teams were calling me or teams were calling me, but the contracts that they're offering were like, in my opinion, disrespectful. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to chill until y'all yeah. come around. Yeah. <laughs> so like that mindset was like, wait, what if they don't come around? <laughs> so how can we figure out a situation uh, where I'm actually ready to, you know, move on? So for me, you got to have a healthy balance because if you have one foot in, one foot out, then you, you know, you're, you're nowhere, but, um, but you don't want to go, you don't want to go all the way in, in the sense of forgetting about everything else. So when I tell, you know, what I look into myself as a, as a soccer player, I'm always thinking like worst case scenario. Um, even though like, so when I'm on the soccer field, I give them all hundred percent, but when I'm off the soccer field, obviously I do my recovery and all that stuff that's necessary to me performing and continuing to perform at a high level. But I'd rather, you know, spend that time working on a frugal athlete, connecting with guys like yourself, Jonathan, uh, people in the corporate setting or people in spaces where I want, I see myself after soccer, um, instead of worrying about, um, you know, talking about practice with the boys or, you know, watching a game for the eighth time after I've seen it, you know. So yeah. that's what I do. Um, I tell my teammates all the time. I try to give them stories of athletes that I know, um, try to give them resources. So, like, this season, there's a couple of young guys on our squad. You know, I help them with their resume or, or LinkedIn and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, that's really it. There's a second question you asked on top of that, I believe. Or did I answer it? I think I did answer it. Um, you probably answered it. Just kind of piggyback on what you're saying. Are you seeing more initiative from players? I mean, I think that um, it, it's it's really easy. Um, it, one thing you've hit on is is habits, right? Like, mm-hmm. I believe what separates the good from the great in in any aspect or sphere of life is doing the little things consistently, right? And mm-hmm. doing those little things a little bit better 
um, and a little bit more consistently than the other people. And so you're, you're showing this right in the, in this time of Corona, like you, you still got your habits, you're still consistently working out, you're still going through kind of your routines and, and making sure you, you know, you stay on top of things. Um, one thing I saw in, in the locker room was you, you were somewhat of an outcast if you did other things outside of the sport. Um, you didn't see too much initiative from your teammates in terms of preparing for life after sport. And I'm sure there were more than I saw personally, but is that, are, are guys taking more initiative to kind of say, Hey, um, I know this isn't going to last very long. What can I do to use this incredible platform um, for my next life, whatever that is. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. I think like from my rookie year to now it's changed drastically. Um, you know, people were more, more reserved about doing things like outside of sport because it, it like seemed like they're not focused. Whereas now, now you got teams, uh, teammates and players like, you know, being more open, sharing resources. Like if a player is like into real estate, he's telling the guys like, yo, this is what I'm doing. Um, or if someone's into business, this is what I'm doing. So people are being more open to it. And as long as it's not affecting their performance or like, you know, they're being, you know, a cancer in the locker room, I think um, people are, you know, doing a good job about it. Uh, I would think uh, to your point, and I didn't answer it earlier, was uh, no matter how much you prepare, there's still going to be an adjustment period when you retire just like the, the the locker room, the scheduling, all that stuff. So you can even like have like a, a smooth transition. You already have a job lined up, job you wanted, all that stuff. But like the the routine, the you know, camaraderie, just the the identity, the life, there's still going to be an adjustment. And you just want to make it as smooth as possible. That's a very good point. Very good point. Uh, what did uh, you, I, Moby, you mentioned a couple of times about the one year you sort of, I don't say you took off, like, but like <laughs> as a free agent, like just, just, just waiting for the, you know, the, the contract and the right club to come along. What did you, what did you learn about yourself during that time? And also like your, the, what you wanted to do, what you're pursuing, just also, but just some of the things you learned about who you were, how you created personality, mentality, mindset, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was probably the, best and worst thing that happened to me to be honest just like learning about myself um learning like you know friends like who's there for you who's checking in um just being patient with and not trying to control everything you know as athletes we're usually the ones in control i mean albeit um getting traded and stuff like that but we're usually the ones in control um so understanding like how you handle adversity in a different way because it's not like, okay, an injury coming back from that or, okay, coach is not playing me, just work harder. This is like a whole different, you know, spectrum. So I was able to learn a lot about myself, uh, learn a lot about patience, uh, learn a lot about like reflection, uh, learn a lot about like verbalizing, you know, my emotions because you don't have the field to take it out on anyone anymore. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so you got to get that aggression. Out somehow I got to recognize it, right? <laughs> exactly. So, like, I can't play pickup with everybody, you know, so. Uh, um, two foot people on the playground or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, that, that year was, uh, it was really good for me. And then now, like when I got back into soccer, now I'm just like looking at mm -hmm. it from a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Like I'm not, the coach yelling at me is not doesn't even mean the same or like something happened it's like okay how do we adjust so it's like yeah 
I'm not suggesting anyone take like a gap year or be a free agent, but <laughs> definitely use an off season or something to like reflect on, yeah. on your That's life. Good. That's good. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I often tell people like when I'm sitting in an office for a couple of hours, I'll say it. I just want to slide tackle someone, you know, or I just want to like go run, run and run on the field or something. But, uh, <laughs> so it's cool to hear you. It's cool to hear you say that. Um, you, you know what too, it just, kind of makes me think of a growth mindset, right? Like you, you're using the things that you come your way, um, some bad things, some good things, and you're, and you're turning them into good things, right? So like you're learning from them as opposed to going into self-pity or, um, or giving up, right? Man, that's freaking awesome. I'm actually reading that book right now. So it's good that you said like that growth mindset and understanding the difference between fixed and growth and like how you learn so much more from a growth mindset. Uh, so I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. So, so what, just on, to, off of that, what, what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis to grow? Uh, so uh, every morning I do my like uh, reflection uh, or my meditation on my journal. So I've like every type of journal there is, I've probably used it. Uh, impact journal, five minute journal. I just ordered a new journal by some gentleman, um, Buckford or Buford. I'm not sure. It's like a daily habit journal. I'm not sure. I'll let you know how it goes. Though. Right. Yeah. So I do my journal, do my Bible study. Um, now, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but Jonathan is like my spiritual life coach. So that helps once yeah. every two weeks. Game changer for me, just, you know, being able to do that on a consistent basis and really like be intentional about the way I'm going, my purpose, my why, all that. So that's been really helpful. Uh, yoga and then, you know, not forcing everything. So obviously, you know, you're a businessman, former athlete. I'm an athlete trying to be a businessman. Like everything is going like, you know, a hundred miles per hour. Sometimes when you're tired, just decompress or like, you don't have to, you don't have to respond to that email. You don't have to finish that project. So understanding that, like when I need a break, I take my breaks. That's one of my biggest things. So you might not see me for like two days. I'll be on just watching Netflix, no posts, no emails, you know, so like making sure I take my breaks when I need to take my breaks. Cool, man. So um, you got to create your own journal. That's your next business adventure. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. It's in my, it's in my, it's in my notes section. Like, yo, oh, cool. you got to <laughs> give me a cut now. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, buy the business, man. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what you're basically kind of speaking to is EQ, right? Like emotional intelligence. And uh, one of the things that I say often is that I've headed a lot of soccer balls. And as a kid, I don't know if you know anything about me, but I was a trouble kid. So I I did a lot of drugs. And so it's scrambled eggs up there sometimes, right? And uh, not the uh, sharpest tool in the toolbox. But uh, I think one thing that um, I've done well and hearing you articulate it is you under you know understand yourself your emotions your feeling feelings how you engage and interact with others and um you know that that'll take you such a long way yeah you're right understanding that uh one of the questions i get asked often is um you know thinking about your career wells what 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 do you think most about um and what comes to mind and so you know i've I've won an mls cup by the grace of god i won a u.s open cup like I was drafted, right? Played for nine years, done some really, really cool things. And for me, um, what comes to mind aren't those things. It's the people, it's the experiences and, and, and uh, traveling all over the country and those sorts of things. And so, you know, 
two, two questions here. When you think about your career, uh, what stands out to you as the things that you kind of hold closest to your heart that you cherish the most? And then, you know, at, at the end of your career in 10 years, right? Because you're going to play as long as Ryan Giggs, even longer. <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> yeah. You know, no, <laughs> you know, just fast forward to the end of your life. How do you want to be remembered as a person? Uh, from like a soccer standpoint, you know, someone that was solid, consistent, but like always helped, you know, was a good teammate, um, helped his teammates, you know, whether it was on the field, off the field. Um, I, I'm like two completely different people when I'm off the field and on the field. So like, you know, having my teammates back, um, I think it's a great point once you said like the moments you remember. Uh, for me, it's like just the camaraderie amongst like some of the guys on the team, like, even though some of them, we aren't as close as we were um, now, but like when we're on the team together during those moments, like that's an unbreakable bond. So, you know, locker room banter, the stories on the road trips, you know, things like that, you know, families getting together off the field uh, during our time. Um, those are moments that, you know, last a lifetime. So many life lessons in those moments um, that, you know, you wouldn't change for the world. So for me, that's, you know, I want to be able to cherish those memories, um, have those memories and uh, move forward from there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, at, at Shift, like I so said, we focus on helping and equipping and assisting athletes to be successful in transition in life and in sport. And so there's a lot of things that, that go into that. You've hit on, talked about identity, you've talked about mental health, we've talked about transitions, we've talked about your little your gap year. <laughs> but, when, but learning about yourself and the, the importance of, of emotional intelligence and, and how that's helped you as a pro. So now, now where you're at today, if you were able to go back to yourself, uh, your rookie season, you know, you've been just a year out of uh, UCLA, you were there for what, three months on campus and then left, give or take, right? Yeah. You know, so you had, you had this moment. So what, you know, what, what would you tell yourself? Like, what were, what were some of the key sort of nuggets of truth, pearls of wisdom that you'd say, hey, you're in Mexico going to transition out of playing professionally at some point in time in your career? What would, what would be those one or two really said pearls of wisdom that you'd want to communicate to yourself to, that you would take action with? In, uh, in, the, in your younger career and you're just getting started? Oh, uh, control what you can control. Um, I think uh, as a young player in the league, whatever league you play in, I think that's um, one big thing that, you know, athletes need to learn. For me uh, specifically, you know, you're not going to be able to control, um, you know, the coach. You know, they might have his own mindset, you know, whether he wants to play older guys or guys that are more experienced. Um, but as long as you put the work in, you're going to get your shot and you got to be ready for it. Um, I would say start earlier, whatever, you know, things you, you want. Uh, so for me, I was interested in like investing and stuff like that, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I just like, I literally put like my signing bonus in the CD and just was like, all right, let me just figure out how the first year goes. Like while I was smart, if I like, just started earlier, made a couple mistakes, weren't like nothing, nothing drastic in terms of mistakes, but you know, kind of tested the waters. I'll probably be in a, a better situation. Everything's hindsight. Um, but even from that angle of start early, like, you know, YouTube channel, I've always wanted to have like a YouTube channel. If I would have started that from like my rookie year, yeah, you yeah. know, showing the progression, I think um, I'll just be chilling right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, value your relationships and I, I thought I think I did a great job of that like um so like one of my good friends he was an intern at Philadelphia Union um when I was there and then lo and behold he's like the director of ticket sales in uh 
for Sac Sacramento Republic now. Mm -hmm. And that's just like the life cycle. I think we actually had a guest speaker that always, that told me one time, was like, you know, be nice to the interns because they might be the ones giving you a job when you're done playing. <laughs> and I, like, every time I think of that, I'm like, oh, That's good right there. Yeah, Come the on now. Ted. I'm like, yo, Ted, you have to give me a job. I was one of the only ones nice to you when you were the intern. Right. <laughs> you <laughs> never just, know. Like, yeah, value the relationships because there's so many people that are like, their job is to help mm -hmm. you perform on the field. So the least you can do is like, you know, whether it's getting them tickets to a game, signing an extra jersey, um, that stuff goes a long way. And while it may be like minuscule to you, uh, it means a whole lot to them. So yeah. I've always been someone to value relationships, even if I can't, you know, if I don't have the time, just, you know, find a way to make time or find a, find a way to add value. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Start early. Start early. Like yeah. I said, YouTube, and you've been crazy seeing your progression or, you know, <laughs> find, investing, start early. Good. And then valuing those relationships. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. some great stuff right there for sure. So as we're finishing up here, uh, is there anything else as you're thinking through if there is, again, with, in light of transition, you're in this COVID, we're in all this, we got locked down. Hopefully, seasons will get started soon, training and all that kind of stuff. As a team, right now you're doing individual trainings or small group trainings going on right now with you and your brothers. Uh, but what, what's something that you want to make sure that is remembered from this transition? Like, what's, what's something that you're like, hey, this, if, I don't, if, I, if I forget everything from all that's happened in this, this pandemic, but I remember this one thing. What's the one thing that you want to remember in the midst of this transition that you've been able to overcome? Maybe a memory or like I said, a lesson you've learned or what's the, what's that one thing that you're like, Hey, this is my key takeaway from the, from this chaos and craziness that we've been thrusted into. Uh, I would probably say like time is relative because like yeah, this, good. like people are like, yo, what day is it? I'm, I, <laughs> Right now, I'm only going by yes, <laughs> yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Anything past right. like the dates, I can't uh, even. Understand. So for real like, though, just being present in the moment and like taking advantage of the time that you have. Um, you know, whether you have more time on your hands because of this, or whether you have less time on your hands because of it. Yeah. Just being present with the time, and um, it's all relevant. It's all relative. That's good. That's good. All right. So uh, before we let you go, uh, how can people find you? How can they contact you or connect with you? <laughs> So anyway, so uh, a frugalathlete.com, uh, sorry, www, is that four W's or three W's? Start www, there you go. Uh, a com. Uh, a frugal athlete on all social channels, Twitter, Instagram, all that, Facebook, uh, personal, Amobi says on Twitter and Instagram, on LinkedIn, Amobi Akugo, uh, personal website, www.amobiakugo.com. Um, I respond back, so hit me up. I'm open. Hit him up. Hit him up. He does. I can, I can, t I can be a personal testament to that. If you reach out to him, he will contact you. He will connect with you. Yeah, within um, 48 hours. Within 48 That's right. we gotta, we got to have that. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. right. Amobi, you are you our first podcast for a reason. Uh, you did not disappoint, man. And right. personally, you've, you've blessed and encouraged me, man. And I'm excited for um, – to see you continue to thrive on and off the field, brother. So keep up the great work, man. I mean, nah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I follow both of you guys. Um, obviously, uh, Jonathan, you're doing great things. Well, you're doing great things. I stalk you on LinkedIn. So I uh, appreciate all you guys doing for having me on the platform. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Shift Podcast, where we are assisting athletes through successful transition in sport as well as in life. 
We would love for you to subscribe, share the podcast, as well as leave a review. Remember, change is one of the only things in life that are guaranteed. Will you be ready?